Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, fans of rappers and live national anthem at MMA events. Little inside joke for the boys there. Uh, welcome, episode number 47 of the Runback Podcast coming into your ears this fortnight. I've got a couple special guests on, a bit of local flavour again this this fortnight. So uh, before I give too much away, DL, how are we? Snags, I'm good. Mate, Statman's done it to us again. Two episodes in a row now. Unacceptable. Snags, do we need to sit this boy down or what? Well, mate, you gave him an annual leave pass the other week. Uh, this week's just a formal discussion, I think. I think so. And Snags, you're probably wondering if you're going to get a call up for the stats. Incorrect. Ah, got, got <laughs> sacked after one episode. We did actually get a quote directly from one of our listeners. Uninspiring, uninformative, and silly. What? <laughs> Like that's come, that's the that's the stats I was going for. Mate, absolutely, come through. It come through on the DMs, and unfortunately, might have been from the stat man. It's it's hard to tell. But um, look, the stat man, bless his heart, has pre-recorded some stats for us, so we won't have to listen to you butcher fighters' names once again, which was uh, pretty tragic last week. Mate, Appreciate and, the compliment. <laughs> and even though we're one member down, we've lifted our quota back up to five with some special guests this week. Uh, we'll introduce them shortly, but we've dragged the two boys into the whole show, so we'll get interesting takes from these two. Big episode. We're going to dive into UFC 261. We're also going to spend some time locally on an event hitting the streets of Melbourne in the coming weeks. But before we jump into that podcast, I better introduce the man across from me, Stony. What's good? DL, good to be here, mate. Big week for the Aussies in the UFC. Gets to run it back up and about as always. I would say big shoes to fill, uh, filling in for the stat man, but I think we've well and truly got it covered this week. So who have we got, uh, Sugar Snags? Look, we've got the two godfathers of Australian MMA, as I like to say, uh, Benny Vickers and Cam O'Neill. Ben, how are you? I'm good, and I must point out I have really small shoes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I'm a very small person. What size are we talking? Uh, eight, size eight. <laughs> eight? Oh, Snags got one thing over you. That's for sure. I'm a size nine, baby. <laughs> Let's not try the next thing out either. <laughs> <laughs> oh, keep that one in the pants, though, boys. Cam, welcome to the podcast, mate. How are you? Nice, 12. <laughs> <laughs> Flexing the muscle early, boys. Flexing the muscle early. I'm good, guys. Yeah. Mate, size 12 versus size 8. That's why um, you got to start in the uh, book of stags. <laughs> I actually went off shoe size. Who I will put in there? So apologies, boys. Uh, boys, before we jump too far into the podcast, we need to thank our sponsors. Humble Fightwear is an Australian jiu-jitsu brand that celebrates one of the most important parts of martial arts, becoming humble. Snags. That's right. Humble like a size 12 of shoes, that's for sure. But uh, look, Brent's super passionate about jiu-jitsu, obviously, in the MMA game. So love to have Min Stony. Where can we find the gear? Snags, if you don't know by now, you damn well should. Head to their Instagram page and give them a follow or go to www.humblefightwear.com.au and help them spread the good vibes one purchase at a time. And for being amazing runner back listeners, the legends at Humble Fightwear are giving you 15% off their entire order. Snags, how do they get that? Look, super easy as per usual. Code word RIB15 at checkout. And uh, boys hooking out with 15% off, deal. Let's jump into the podcast, boys, with a bit of rib family feud. Oh, Jesus. I've ripped, <laughs> wrote the eternal boys into this, so I do apologize to you too. But uh, last week was the first episode of RIB family feud. And uh, went off without a hitch, which you know usually a segment snags doesn't really do that. So, uh, boys, if you haven't played before or seen the show, what's going to happen is we're going to team the RIB boys up this week. So DL and Stony, and then Ben and Cam are on the team. So I'll give you boys some buzzers. So we'll go 
Go the flavour. So, uh, DL and Stoney, your buzz is just going to be run it back. You want to give oh, yep. it a test for me? Run it back. Yep, easy. And then, obviously, Cam, Ben, easy one for you boys. Just eternal. Eternal. Can we say um, uh, Australia's premier MMA <laughs> event instead of eternal? Yeah, you can if you want. It's a long, long buzzer, but I'm in for it. <laughs> I don't know. No, we'll, stick with eternal. we'll stick with the turn. We'll stick with the turn. Let's keep it nice and simple. Tim-O-Matic. Tim-O-Matic. <laughs> <laughs> We're still throwing bumps. Okay. You boys got Tim-O-Matic and uh, D.L. Stoner. You got Run It Back, okay? Should get the big man on the podcast one day. Um, so we've got one. There's only one round every week. So winner takes all. So what will happen is I ask the question and then I've surveyed 100 people in the streets of Australia that have come up with... I've given you boys 15 answers this week because last week geez. boys had a doozy. Yeah. Um, so whoever buzzes in first and gets the first correct answer, the highest up, gets the choice to either play the game and you've got to get three right to win um, or you can pass it to the other boys. So you get uh, two incorrect answers and then you're out of the game. Makes sense? I'll guide you boys along as we go. Does make sense. But before we get started, Sugar Snags, I just want to warn the boys, Ben, Cam, you're playing against someone who has never lost in the history of this game. <laughs> I've never dropped a set. So please bring your game. There's only been one week. You've had to watch either. All right. So we've kept, it, we've kept it local considering we've got Australia's premier event and MMA promotion on the podcast this fortnight. So we've kept it obviously in tune with MMA and in tune with local MMA as well. So boys... The question for the week. Uh, name something that comes to your mind when you think about local Australian MMA. Run back. MMA. Okay. <laughs> That's the answer too. <laughs> Not yet. Stoney, Stoney, you're first. I'm thinking the, the mayor of Bacchus Marsh, Jack Jenkins. Oh, oh the mayor. You, I'd be going a bit of Jackie Jenkins. I love a bit of... Vice Mayor of Bacchus Marsh here, boys, even though I'm not from there, but uh, that is correct. Uh, it actually is number two on my list. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I rate the boy highly, obviously. Uh, Cam and Ben, you got a chance here to uh, take top spot or uh, get one right? Is there anything from you, boys? I think they've done their 100-person survey in Bacchus Marsh, Ben. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> uh, I heard there's only 100 there. Come up with the number one answer. It could be snags. It could it's be not, it's not, no, look, I don't self-promote, boys, that's for sure. It's definitely not snags. I'm going to go with... Oh, oh, mate, I don't know. Let's go with... Let's go with... Um, pass. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know much about local MMA. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, Stoney gets the win for round one then. Stoney and Deal, do you guys want to play the board? I'm yeah, going to we'll actually, play. I'm going to force you boys to play the board this week. <laughs> no, we're going to play. We're going to play. Okay, we're going to play. Good. Okay, well, I still who's don't know what's first? going on. But <laughs> 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 okay, boys, name something uh, that comes to your mind about local Australian MMA. Deal. I'm going to say. Harder than you think. It is. I'm gonna take. Um, Fuck, my list is not that fucking no, no, hard no, to be honest. No. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna take the Pavilion in Melbourne. So they have. Oh, the Pavilion is correct. I did get the Pavilion in there. Obviously, big event coming up, boys. Thank May seventh. Awesome. Boom, boom. Um, so that's one point. Two more to go, and you win the round. The boys might not even get a leg in here. Stony. DL. I'm gonna go Australia's premier fighting organisation, Eternal MMA. This sounds like it's rigged, but that's, that was actually number one. I can't believe Cam Ben didn't say that <laughs> we one. Did. But <laughs> well, we're not self-promoters. <laughs> oh, Makes two of us, boys. Makes two of us. And then I guess one more for the win, boys. You haven't got an incorrect one yet. I might take, I don't know, Stoney, what do you reckon? 
Mate, I would defer to my personal favourite. Yep. Let's go. Dimps Gillies. Oof. Dimps Gillies. Look, I want to say no so I can give the boys run, but I actually did put Dimps on there as well because he's a fucking legend. <laughs> what do you mean you put Dimps on there? I thought you said 100 people. Yeah, I did. Dimps was one of them. <laughs> what, you went right, well, Dimps? The, the boys, the boys <laughs> won it there. They didn't even give the eternal boys. Look, at it. I'm going to run through the list for you, okay? So we had John Fraser at number 15, obviously dominant performance lately. We had UFC fight pass because I thought someone just might get that considering Eternals on there. Cam Chucked in Proving Grounds Fight League, obviously up and coming promotions. Small nice. plug there. Smart. HBF Stadium in Perth, Gold Coast, May 7th. I thought I'd just put a random one in there for yeah, the date. Uh, I put Run It Back Locals Only DL. Oh, yeah, thanks. Mm. Sounds good. Dimps was number eight. Scrappy MMA was number seven. Oh, Boys, got to get the self, got to get self promote. <laughs> uh, Josh Canoe was number six. Melbourne Pavilion number five. Run It Back Podcast number four. I put Ben Vickers at number three because I left him out of the book snacks. Should <laughs> 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 have been number one, mate. Uh, then we obviously had <laughs> obviously had the Mayor of Bacchus Marsh, Jack Jack Jenkins himself, and then a terminal MMA number one. So, boys, that was the, the list. This was answers coming out of everywhere. Oh, <laughs> so. All right, well, it's been lovely talking to you. We're going to be four hours drinks package, sugar snags, boys. That's the three things that come to mind. Mate, they're all on my mind 24-7, but I decided not to chuck them in this fortnight. <laughs> oh, boys, thanks for playing. Boys, well, we might get a little bit more serious and jump into a little bit of hot take. This one's close to one of our guests' hearts. We watched Mini T. Williams step in on late notice in a one-championship Muay Thai war against one of the stars of the sports rod tang. The fight was broadcasted live on YouTube to an Australian audience. Boys, how important is it for combat sport in this country to push for access like this? Oh, look, I think it's awesome. Um, anything we get live and free obviously promotes the sport, same as um, we've got Eternal on with the prelims and stuff like that. Obviously, probably get some huge numbers there. So it's only a positive from Snags. Not for much longer. Oh, look out. <laughs> Breaking <laughs> news. Breaking news with Ben Vickers. We won't break the news just yet. Okay. Uh, enjoy YouTube while you can. <laughs> Actually, a great segue, DL, because uh, YouTube, whilst great, the audience has to go to YouTube, so they need to know what they're looking for. Unlike the Bellator deal, which we talked about last week, uh, if you're just flicking the channels in Australia, you will come across Bellator somewhere in the near future. That's what I love. Takes me back to the early days of UFC on a Thursday night at 11 p.m. You know, any old uh, television surfer could be just flicking the channels and they come across some combat sport, and I think that's where that will really grow the audience. Well, YouTube's been very successful for us. It's probably where our uh, best social media platform and to be able to give away the prelims and the quality of fights we've on there and the quality of the broadcast away free can only be good for the sport as a whole and the sport in the region. Ben? I was going to big up my boy Mini T, what a legend. Fighters fight. That's my goal for the day. Fighters fight. There's a lot of fighters these days that don't want to fight. Mm. Fighters fight. Whatever match, whatever. Never mind YouTube. Mini T's the man. <laughs> We went to our social for that one and 80% said yes, they would love more access to fights for free. Our 20% said no.
We had our second look on the weekend of the new Venom fight kit, but my question, boys, should our fighters received a more significant bump in payment or allowed the fighter to at least one opportunity to add a non-conflicting brand to their shorts? Oh, I would just say yes. That's an easy one. Yeah, no, 100%. I'm keen to clarify what a non-conflicting brand would be, given they're all in the in the same industry deal. But what I will say is I look back to the early days of uh, MMA and particularly the UFC, you see Chuck Liddell with his Iceman shorts, Tito Ortiz with the flaming black shorts, George St. Pierre with the Hayabusa. It added a lot of character when fighters were able to come out to their own attire. So uh, I wouldn't hate to see it go back to, to those days. I actually really like the uniform. Because I think it makes it look more professional, like uh, a normal sports league, you have uniforms and stuff like that. So I think it brings the sport into that more sort of um, into that sort of window. Uh, I do think the fight should get more money. Exactly same as Ben. Fighters should get more money, but the the whole structure around about the payments is very strange com- compared to other sports franchises that have used corporate partnerships or sponsorships across the full franchise. For example, if you're playing for a soccer team that's sponsored by XYZ, every time you run out in the pitch, you walk to the ground in your tracksuit or whatever, you're wearing a tracksuit by XYZ, you don't get the complimentary payment from them. It's already made up inside your wages. It's a very strange structure as a whole to look at. Should the UFC just be taking the, the payment as a whole from Venom and upping the wages as a whole, or should the scaling them the way that they are I don't know but as Ben says everybody should be getting more money but it definitely makes it look much more like a legitimate sport a legitimate uniform as well people going to work let's go to the listeners yeah 70% said yes and 30% said no We promised we wouldn't give this too much airtime, but we witnessed Ben Askren TKO in the first round against Logan Paul. Unfortunately, this will now become the new norm with Ben Askren banking nearly half a million dollars, and that does not include his promotional or pay-per-view payments. Is there a knock-on effect to other promotions? Is it a positive one or a negative one? I feel like they're riding off the coattails of uh, McGregor Mayweather, like just with all these crazy fights. But uh, was it? I didn't watch it. wasn't interesting to me, um, and I'm glad I didn't watch it because it looked like a snooze fest. So. <laughs> Snags has got no interest moving forward. Look, uh, the knock-on effect, uh, you raised a good point, Sugar Snags, about the UFC. They, to a degree, distanced themselves from this one, whereas with the McGregor Mayweather, they were all in. Look, all I'll say is what I hate about this is it just diminishes Ben Askren's legacy so much. When people think of Ben Askren, they're going to think of the five-second knockout to Masvidal, and they're going to think of being knocked out by a YouTuber uh, in an exhibition fight. So I hate that as someone who was a a dual uh, promotion champion, someone who was a, a real pioneer of the sport, I hate the way that people are going to remember Ben Askren's career, but in any case, it is what it is. He chose to take on the challenge, and, and it is what it is, DL. Snags might get a start somehow the way the, way the world's going these days. Put me on YouTube, boys. Get in there. <laughs> Again, Ben, don't get any ideas. I'll get body code around one. <laughs> For me, um, we may or may not have illegally or, or otherwise seen that. Um, we wouldn't be able to catch it. It was quick anyway. IP address would be on the Sunshine Coast, so it will be all G. Um, that's why I've left so quickly from there. Um, but for me, it wasn't a fight. It was a concert, and, mm. and Oscar De La Hoya fucking stoned out of his nuts, mm. um, <laughs> making a fool of himself, and Snoop Dogg making a fool of himself. It was a farce. But 
um, people want to watch it. You know, they filled it with with um, pop culture and mm. then put some shit fights on and made a load of money. So fair yeah. play to them. But um, I don't think it's going to take over from from hardcore from yeah. fight fans. It's it's more of a different audience for me. Would you take um, the Beebs over Tim and Matic? I, I don't mind the Beebs. Yeah, we'll have the Beebs in. <laughs> I think he'll bring some uh, some tickets. Anyway, he'll sell some tickets yeah, if you say the Beebs is turned. In fact, in fact, you heard it here first. That's the announcement. You heard it first. Well, once upon a time, the Beebs was actually in some uh, Twitter beef with Tom Cruise and challenged him to a fight. He remember did. that? Yeah, I remember that. I reckon well, we Beebs... may or may not have that. So <laughs> <laughs> so it's the go main. <laughs> Yeah, I'm anything to add on that? It was a fucking shambles. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> I, I, I illegally watched Ben's illegal stream of it. <laughs> uh, Jack Becker streamed it, mate. I'm just throwing him under the bus. It wasn't me. Yeah. I'm in enough trouble at the moment. I didn't even see the fight. I just watched the build up to it and everything. The whole show itself, you know, it's just not my thing. It's obviously millions of other people's thing. Yeah, it was just a shambles. It was, it was chaotic. It was fucked. Yeah. I want to see what the listeners thought. Yeah, 50-50 on that. Uh, 50-50? Yeah, they're not sure if it's a positive or a negative towards Who listens to your show? (laughs) Undecided people. (laughs) They're all fence-sitters. Tim Skillies and uh, Jack Jenkins. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Let's jump into the last one. As we predicted, the fight went five rounds. Whitaker, Gaslin. Whitaker was a little bit busted up, but nothing to the level that Calvin did to Izzy. After the fight, Rob called for a rematch back in Australia at a full capacity stadium. This is a three-part question, boys. Do we like the rematch? Where do you have it? And what would you add for the co-main of that fight to ensure a full stadium? Yes, we have the rematch. Where do we have it? I've been calling for a bloody main event in Tasmania for ages. <laughs> I'll stay, stay true to that one. And uh, co-main, uh, we have Beavs versus Tom Cruise, obviously. So <laughs> <laughs> we'll have all 12 people related to each other in Tasmania. <laughs> no, 100% DL. We've been calling for this one for a while. Uh, anyone who's familiar with Tool of the Week would have heard this fight has been contentious for a little while and I don't know why. But now with Darren Till, Jared Cannonier, and Calvin Gastelum. I think there's no doubt whatsoever this is the fight that has to happen. Would love to see the rematch in Melbourne. I think it drew the the biggest gate ever, uh, UFC 243. Who would you put as co-main? Now, it feels like adding insult, but we've got another Aussie who's got a champ. Do you make it a double championship uh, pay-per-view? Sell it out, get the good numbers. Who knows? Just saying. I like it. I'm keen keen for the rematch. I think he's definitely earned the rematch. I'm interested in it. Up to stayed in Perth, Jack Della co-main event. Oh, (laughs) look out. Huge. Uh, keen for the rematch. Let's do it back at Marvel and let's uh, put Vittori versus somebody in the co-main just in case we got a dropout. Marvin can step up. Good call. Our listeners were strong on this. 100% they wanted to see it. Uh, and then we did a little bit of a poll and Perth actually came up number one. So they like Optus Stadium just because... I think it's The stadium, when you watch the footy at Optus, mm. it looks fantastic. Phenomenal. So, I reckon they get 60,000 in there. Is that oh, the record? What's the record? Good, strong MMA community there too as well. So. There's a question, What what is the record? So UFC 243, which took place at Marvel Stadium in Melbourne, 57,127. So if we got 63 or 64,000, absolutely smashing that record, Ben. I was in attendance that day with Kevin. Nice. And Casey, who's now um, stateside. Mate, she's rocking the RIB t-shirt buddy every day by the looks of it. (laughs) 
We're looking for that royalties deal. Yeah. <laughs> we sent her a packet of sour worms with it, so maybe. We'll just stop sending them till July, okay? Just stop sending Well, Ben, I would like to say I'll raise that, but I was in attendance with these two jabronis, so I can't really uh, compete with. <laughs> hey, I was quality nah, that night. I thought the uh, the Friday night show was a bit better anyway. Family <laughs> <laughs> agreed. There was 127, there was 127 people from Eternal went to uh, Marvel the next night to tip it over the edge. <laughs> <laughs> boys, we might jump into a quick results leaderboard update. Um, the boys hustled hard, uh, but not for a lot. So we had six fights picks over the last two cards. You got your rhythm back, mate. You got your rhythm yeah, back. Yeah, back about it. Statman took a step back. No, he went from second to third. Uh, so he's now equal third. Um, oh, shit. Actually, that means I'm I'm equal third. So he's <laughs> equal second. <laughs> so that's sweet. I've gone up a space. So look. <laughs> no. Yeah, because I was fourth. You're still I'm fucking third. You're still fucking last. <laughs> I'm standalone. I'm still third. So you're equal second. Uh, so I've got three over the two cards. So that has me at 15. Um, Stoney now squares up with the stat man uh, both at 17. And Sugar Snags, mate, 20. Back, well back in the on lead it. now. Never been well off done, it, boys. Mate. Never been off it. Look, <laughs> I think I come good when I did my best work with the local MMA scene when we when we tipped that Eternal card. And uh, haven't looked back since. Obviously, it's given a bit of flair, a bit of flavour. And, uh, boys, so the crown will... Just like the, the mayor of Bacchus Marsh, I'll be staying the king for a long time. You've really uh, got to change his walkout song. <laughs> no, that's my, that's my walkout song. <laughs> Snags really let the dogs out, baby. Perfect chance. We've got UFC 261 coming up that we're doing picks for. You don't have any stats for you this week, Sugar? No, nah, no, nah, I've left them in the bank, boys. Good work. I sense. actually come across Sugar's uh, notes from the fight. Uh, if you drop the, the R out of Jimmy Crute's surname, <laughs> it's Jimmy Cute. And I thought that was pretty fun. <laughs> That's actually really good. Uh, you're a fucking idiot. <laughs> All right, boys, we might jump into our prediction for your C261. All right, guys, it is the Statman here. I've missed you, boys. Um, I decided after the disgrace that was Snag Stats last podcast, I thought I would swing back into the rescue with some stats of my own. God, I hope that Snag still has some stats for you, boys. Um, it was one of the most entertaining parts of the podcast last week. We are heading to UFC 261. We've got the entire main card ahead of us, and we are starting with a bit of Australian flair. Anthony Smith versus Jimmy Crute in the light heavyweight division. Whenever he is prepping for a fight, you can normally find Jimmy Crute near the gym. If he's not inside training, Crute can be found sleeping in his modified van, parked in the gym car park with his American Pitbull sleeping companion. Crute says that he prefers it to paying bills and paying rent and is a firm believer in the van life situation. That go. sounds like a stag stat. <laughs> I'm going to give you a tip. Don't break into that fucking van. Venture <laughs> <laughs> someone did. Pitbull and Jimmy Crute. No, thank you. Yeah. I don't know which one would be more dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> Look, off the back of that, I hope Anthony Smith doesn't have another invader this time and uh, doesn't break in the other way to Jimmy Crute's van. We're going to take Jimmy Crute for the win here pretty easily, I think, boys. On a tear lately and uh, going to see the Aussie get it done. 100%. Jimmy Crute, uh, two of his last four losses have come by the way of submission, which does present some concern against Anthony Smith, who despite nobody, <coughs> DL, nobody on the Runner Back podcast rating him, 
actually is a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu and shared the cage with some of the highest level dudes in the sport. John Jones, Alexander Gustafsson and Glover. Crew uh, only 25 on the way up. As Snag said, you do not want to uh, break into his van. I'm all the way with the Aussies, unlike the stat man, Jimmy Crute. <laughs> I don't even know why we're doing picks for this fight, boys, because Jimmy Crute all the way. And we don't do finishes either for these early fights. But, boys, I'm saying it is a first-round TKO. And a little DL stat, Jimmy's only seen past the first round four times from his 13 fights. And one of those happens to be his loss. So, uh, Jimmy Crute for me. Yeah, I'm... I- I'm a massive Jimmy Group fan. I think he's uh, he's got all the tools and, he, and he's still young and he's still learning. He's still getting better. Uh, Smith is tough and durable. I mean, Glover Texera, um, was it the Texera fight? What was the fight that went on for, um, a bit longer than probably should have? And there was that that contentious corner non-pull out. Yeah. yeah. coming out. I think um, he can take a bit of punishment. I think he's going to take, um, take Jimmy a couple of rounds to put him away, but I think Jimmy puts him away. Uh, Jimmy the Brute Crew for friend Cable. Nice. Uh, the stat man's taking Jimmy Crew as well, so he's back on the Aussies. Good to see from the stat man. Well done, stat man. <laughs> Next up, we have a middleweight rematch from 10 years ago, or sorry, 11 years ago Uriah Hall versus Chris Weidman. The Ring of Combat card that featured the first bout between Hall and Weedman also featured three other future UFC competitors, George Sullivan, Tom DeBlar, and Louis Garneau, all picking up victories in their ROC 31 bouts. Their combined UFC record would end up as four wins, nine losses, and one no contest, compared to Hall and Weidman's combined record of 20 and 12. I like my stats much more than this, to be honest. Much more funny. Um, I'm going to take Uriah Hall, boys, on a three-fight win streak. I think Wyman's coming off a loss from memory. Um, so Uriah Hall for Snags. Short and sweet, baby. And Snags is wrong because Chris Wyman is coming off a win. And ah, there you go. Entertaining matchup uh, because respective strengths play into the other one's weakness. So Wyman obviously has a bit of a suspect chin DL. Hall is a fairly dynamic striker when he does throw, but I think that is the key. Uh, Hall, typically very reserved striker. We look at him as being a stand-up fighter, only averages 0.3 more significant strikes per minute than Chris Weidman. Uh, where the big difference is Chris Weidman averages one takedown per round, boys. And I think that's where the difference is. I'm predicting Chris Weidman to close that distance, take him down, and take out a unanimous decision. Nice. This was already previously scheduled. Weidman that got COVID? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I'd love to, I still would love to see the stats of fighters coming back from COVID and what their win rate has been. Because uh, we have seen a lot of fighters that have not come back from COVID due to a lot of complications. But that Reyes, if you look at the Reyes fight, which is one that I look back at today, Chris Weidman controlled that fight for mm. the first part of it. He had he had Reyes down. He had him against the cage for quite a bit. And then obviously when they separated, Reyes had that beautiful little quick snap. And um, then we saw Chris Weidman go down and it was all over after that. So this has got potential. Um, I know... Weidman has a win over Arai Hall in uh, pre-UFC terms. So, mate, this has got a potential to be a huge matchup. Uh, they're both same age. I think they're both about 36 years old. I think I'm going to take Uriah Hall, though. I uh, don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I'm uninterested in that fight. Cool. Best answer ever. Cam, you got any interest? That's exactly what I was going to say. I can There's no way. I'm no way I'm going to watch Chris Weidman grinding out a three-round decision. It's horrible. 
the best. We like to we like to lean on the positive side, boys. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> no content. The boys I was just gonna, gonna say, I I really want to see Ben and Cam have their own podcast. <laughs> <laughs> the boys are going for a no content. We did it there last very long. No, <laughs> <laughs> these are obviously funny and better wicked. <laughs> Well, boys, we'll jump into the next one. We head into our first of three title fights. We've got the Valentina Shevchenko versus Jessica Andrade fight for the women's flyweight title. Just one month after her 15th birthday, Valentina Shevchenko would make her professional MMA debut against a much older Eliza Ada Oliva. Shevchenko has showcased even earlier fights on her Twitter account, including what appears to be a professional kickboxing bout between the then 14-year-old Shevchenko getting a hand raised over her 25-year-old opponent, as well as some undocumented evidence that her first victory in combat sports came by way of knockout at just age 12 over her 21-year-old opponent. What? 12 versus 21? That fucking can't be correct. <laughs> well, I'll take Shevchenko round one KO if that's the case. <laughs> Fuck me. My daughter's almost about to turn 10. I might chuck her in the cage for you. <laughs> uh, look, 100% agree with Snags. Let's go uh, Shevchenko round one TKO. Look, this is even close to me. I think uh, Valentina walks through her, uh, literally like walks through her with a head kick. Uh, Valentina was way too dominant at this weight class. If Valentina had won... Maybe one of the Nunez fights. Would we be talking about Valentina being the GOAT instead of Nunez being the GOAT? Um, it's that conversation that you could have over a few beers for sure. But, um, yeah, for me, Valentina quite easily. Same. Yeah, I can't see past anyone beating Valentina in that division until Casey sorts herself out a little bit. Mate, we're looking forward to that one. <laughs> Cam? Valentina, first round. TKO strikes, KO, something. You know when KO are clean, she's going to get pulled off of her. And then Casey will put her to sleep in about 18 months. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> hell, wouldn't we up, be up and about when that happens? I bet the stat man would tip against her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. He'd be, he'd be dead off the podcast for wouldn't life, he? mate. Uh, I do apologise to the stat man, obviously listening along and cringing at all the uh, little little jabs thrown his way. From uh, the USA all the way to Australia, we've got Eternal 59 happening in Melbourne on the 7th of May. Now, boys, uh, we're in Perth in Feb. We're in the Gold Coast for the double header in March. Now, it seems like a rhetorical question, but how has the year been? Fuck, you know. Um, <laughs> interesting. <laughs> yeah. It's just so hard with all these government rules and, and regulations and stuff. But as, as far as Eternal's gone, the shows we have put on have been amazing. Like, we're really, really happy with, one, the standard of MMA in this country at the grassroots level and, and sort of the way the matches have, have come together. And to beat the last show is going to take a, a lot of doing, but there's some potential on that card to do that. But, yeah, Eternal 58 sort of set the benchmark for the year so far. Yeah, it's been a it's been a cracking year so far. There was obviously the disappointment in Melbourne uh, at the end of January, obviously with travel restrictions out of the hotspot, which was Brisbane and Queensland at the time. But we're just now at the start of April, and we've already caught that show back up. Just with the way our scheduling goes, we're able to keep all the the athletes satisfied and move them up to the Gold Coast in March. Coming off the back of the huge event in Perth in February, and and we're all on to Melbourne. You know, we're maybe disappointed the peeps down there in 
in January, but we're down there again, you know, three weeks, two and a half weeks' time, and we'll be down there another couple of times this year. But yeah, we've got some some fantastic fights in the Eternal 59 card. Sean Etchell and Sam Hibbard, the main events, obviously going to be going to be one to watch. Yeah, it's going to be absolutely huge. Um, and little history, boys. What's some of your memories from some of the Eternal events in Melbourne previously? Well, I the first time I went to Melbourne, I had three guys on the card, two title fights, and Mini T sort of opened the show. I walked away with three wins. I like the pavilion. Um, <laughs> you know, Jack Jack uh, defended his title in spectacular fashion, and Mitch Martin had a, a war to end all wars with Ben Watson um, and and came away with the decision, well deserved. Uh, so yeah, I have uh, awesome memories of, of the pavilion, and it's a spectacular venue to to put MMA fights on. Uh, I've got a few memories of anyone last night down there. One of them that I'll just kind of skim over the top of, which would be getting to the end of what was, you know, quite Casey's a- weight cut. Quite a- <laughs> <laughs> Casey's weight cut. Jesus Christ. Yeah, we won't get to that one. It take too long. But I'll come to the end of what was a huge, uh, a huge night. And then uh, being confronted by a very drunk individual that proceeded to cause half an hour's worth of mayhem in front of. Everybody will stick with me for a long time. And uh, going back to pull the cage down the next morning with Ben and, and a couple of other people that helped us and just chatting about the night before. And then some extra hands turned up. You know, Mitch Martin, who'd fought the night before. Dan Williams, who'd fought the night before. And Casey, who'd fought the night before, all turned up and pulled the cage down with us on the Sunday morning. Yeah, they never turned up. He big time us, didn't they? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, he, was, he was already... He was already on the on the show best but yeah no that was great to see the fighters come and, and help us pull the cage down the next day it just goes to show like the level of care and and stuff they have for the promotion and yeah we we really appreciate stuff like that so oh, anyone else who wants to help us bring the cage down <laughs> next weekend <laughs> snacks snacks might be there boys you never know uh mate huge event coming up obviously the boys are absolutely pumped about it. we were extremely disappointed when january rolled around and the whole covid fuck around mate we're pumped to have one in our hometown but some big fights i think we've got six six pro fights on the card for the night maybe um, seven we're adding uh, not including the beebs and Tom <laughs> oh, that's right. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah we look, we're trying to have another fight as we speak, which will be an amazing local fight. Um, hopefully, we'll have word on that tomorrow and, and get that announced. But yeah, the the fight we got Kev Jusset, um, Jusset, should I say, <laughs> um, coming in from City Kickboxing to fight um, Saeed uh, Fatahifa from Sydney. So that nice. is going to be an amazing welterweight num- sort of number one contender sort of level clash. Um, and then you got uh, one of my boys, Rod Costa taking on Carnoffley, which is gonna we're gonna see we're gonna be treated to some serious um grappling in that fight I would I would suggest. What's the yeah. um like we obviously got Sean is it Sean's coming off the back of the um the win from the tournament and he's facing up the champion against against Sam. What's that fight? Sean didn't like? fight. Oh did oh he Sam. pulled it out of the tournament. No Justin Van Eden pulled out. Sorry, Justin Misway, Trent Gurdon pulled out. Uh, God, you get so confused. Like, why can't people just turn up and have a fight? I don't, I don't understand it. I'm, maybe I'm a bit old school. <laughs> but when you sign a contract, you're supposed to rock up, fight at the end of it. That's what I always thought. But uh, people are sensitive these days, and sometimes it doesn't happen. <laughs> um, poor Sean Edgell rocked up, made weight, and didn't get to fight, which is disgraceful, really. Yeah, sure. um, but he will get his chance. Uh, he'll fight Sam. And yeah, I'm sure he'd be extremely motivated and, and hungry after the disappointment of the last time. You're obviously not going to say it on the potty, but do you know who's going to your tip for the winners, especially for the big fights? I always think 
think we have half a clue, but it never works out. <laughs> I'm terrible at picking fights. Like, don't ever follow my picks. I'm terrible. Is there one of those matchups where you're just like, hey, come along for this fight? Like, I know you just said that before, Ben. You said there's a couple of wars brewing there and a, and a grappling match that's going to be next level. You know what's going to be good is um, Lisa Kiriaki is making a pro debut against um, Jacinta Austin. So, you know, that's going to be a, a good fight because Lisa bring, brings it and Jacinta's very experienced striker. Um, so, yeah, I expect fireworks in that one. And I'm, I, I love um, women's MMA, so... Mm. I'm really expecting to see some, and it's it's hard to get hold of, um, you know, good pro female matches these days. So um, I'm really excited about that fight. Yeah, we had her on our uh, locals only content this week, and one of the things that we asked Lisa was, um, "Who do you want to fight next?" And she was just like, "Whoever wants to fight me." There was a she laughs a little bit just at the end of it. There was this little bit of evilness, a little bit of it's going to go down in her voice just through that laugh. I liked it, so uh, that's got me pumped. That one, Cam. What's the uh, what's the lead up look like for you and Benny? Obviously, there's a fair bit that goes in to get the event up and going. How's the next couple of weeks look for you boys? Is it just all hands on deck or? You're kind of home and host. Yeah, we're matching three shows at the moment. Yeah. So uh, oh, it's hectic, but um, it all just melds into one, really. And yeah, we're flying into Melbourne on the Tuesday to be boots on the ground from, from Tuesday. And, and we're bringing a, a decent-sized team with us this time. So it should be a little less hectic than, than the last time we were there. But look, our life, 365, 24-7. We're at it, making fights, flying around. Like I'm just, I've literally just arrived back from the sunny coast, and yeah, we're straight back into it. There's no, uh, even while we're away, we're sort of working away on these on these fights. It's just a not, a not it's a vicious circle. It just goes round and round and round. We keep telling ourselves we're gonna have a month off, and then then we just put something else in, in there. <laughs> it, it must be, it must be. We four four years, four or five years that we treated it like that, where we're going from show to show. Uh, it probably went from going to show to show to being uh, 365 days a year and four weeks of work. Now, it's just what we do. You know, mm. it's like of every single day. It doesn't matter where you are or who you're with. You've got your phone in your pocket. You usually get access to your laptop within seconds. We're just working constantly. It makes things easier and it makes things harder. We've started putting in good processes and procedures and things just roll from show to show. Ben says we're bringing a decent team with us to Melbourne, but we're building that team round about us at home as well. You know, we've got some fantastic people round about us uh, all the time now. So it's it's tough and there's a lot to do, but every other promoter in the country is in the same boat. Three weeks out from a three weeks out from an event, we shouldn't have to feel special just because we do so many shows. It's not very family friendly, as you can see, like I live in here. No, hundred percent, Cam. I remember you did a, an interview with Fight News Australia just after the Gold Coast one. And it said two two events back to back. Have you recovered? And you said the only recovery I've got is being able to sleep in to ten a.m. on Monday. And uh, <laughs> such is the life of a promoter. I remember uh, Charles Sonnen talking about he was down in Brazil uh, filming an episode of The Ultimate Fighter, and Dana White texted him at something like two a.m. American time in the morning, saying, "Hey, you came for this fight." And it, that's just it, isn't it? You start to live this sport, and the phone's always on, and, and that's just the nature of it. Yeah, I remember that phone call where Chair was telling the story that phone call uh, and Chael says to him you know what are you doing up at this time <laughs> Dana, Dana apologised to him because he thought it was him that was up late but he was really meaning about the time that Dana was up you know it was like four in the morning he was phoning him but no that's the same eh? I think Ben will tell you the exact same you know and, and most promoters will you know you pick up your phone at any minute of any day and there's a message or a phone call that you've missed or, or still to return 
It's just that we return a lot more of them than the other people at the moment, you know. So we are constantly on our phones, we're constantly traveling, we're constantly working. And that's a good thing because these other guys are out doing other jobs, whereas we are getting to put the time into something that we that we wanted to do. Is having three cards planning for is that kind of the most you guys have looked in the future for for cards? Yeah. Three's about yeah. like normal because mm-hmm. we'd we'd have like a cycle of three shows, try and have a bit of time off. Not not necessarily, well, we wouldn't have any time off, but time off having a, a physical show, but still preparing for the next three three shows concurrently. But when it's Perth, Gold Coast in that three, uh, generally I'll just take care of Perth and Cam will just take care of the Gold Coast. So it's kind of like doing two and then having a little bit of input on the on the ones interstate if we're looking for opponents for people out of state and stuff like that. Yep. So um, it, it, for me, it, it, they never see, it never seems to stop. It's just a constant, which is great because I love it. Like I'm, in, I'm fully immersed in the sport, you know, um, I, I don't want to do anything else. You know, I run a gym, I've got fighters, I, I'm 24 seven knee deep in, in this sport and there's nothing else I'd rather do. What's um what Snag's got to do to get Jack Jenkins, Dem Skilly, and Jack Della order order Melbourne for for us to watch? Like, talk to me, boys. I'm, I'm open to offers. What do you need? Um, <laughs> Jack Della might struggle. And when is it September? Is that a it week, won't week, be in Melbourne. Come on, boys. Yeah, look, uh, people people may have missed the boat to watch Jack in Australia. That's all I'm going to say. Ah, there we go. Uh, cool. Keep our lips tight on that one. <laughs> But yeah, the other boys, you got you got a pretty good chance sometime this year if that happened. May seventh can't come quick enough, lads. We're looking forward to it immensely. We're a little flat like we all were after January's cancellation uh, due to COVID. Uh, we're looking forward to get back on the horse. May seventh. How do we get tickets? Where should we point our listeners? And how's the night going to look? We're sending everybody these days just to the website eternalmma.com. Uh, the last couple of months, we decided to start taking the website seriously, so it's kept up to date. And uh, there's live ticket links there that you can purchase straight to Eventbrite via the website. So go that way. The lead up, the lead up's good. You know, it's a tight up card <clears throat> in Melbourne. We like the the shorter show because it's a Friday night. We've got to start it a little bit later so people can get there from work. We've got to finish it at a decent time. People don't want to be there all night, so we've got a nice little short card. It's uh, good fights on it. Some really good fighters. A couple of the divisions have got a uh, possibility of you know contenders coming out of this, coming out of this card as well. And Melbourne being the sporting capital of Australia, we've only been there once since October two thousand and nineteen. We're trying to get that back a lot more often. It will just be good to get this uh, this show in the books. Well, we definitely won't be saying no to more fights in Melbourne. Uh, We're super excited about May the 7th. And like Cam said, if you want to grab some more information and ticketing information, eternalmma.com is your one-stop shop. And we're going to jump back into our picks, UFC 261. We've got two fights left. Let's go to the stat man. Moving into our co-main event, we have a women's strawweight title fight between Whaley Zhang and Rose Namajunas. With the retirement of Khabib Nurmagomedov, Whaley Zhang now holds the longest active win streak in the UFC and the third longest active win streak in all of MMA. Only Bellator fighter Yaroslav Amosov, 25-0, and WWFC fighter Hussein Ashkabov, 22-0, currently outpace Whaley Zhang's 21-fight run. Oh, that's finished. Uh, look, <laughs> I really want to take Doug Rose, but I'm not going to take Whaley Zhang just off the performance she had last time. 
Um, I think she gets it done. Do we have to pick a finish for this one? We do. I'm going to take... I'm just going to take a decision to be safe, but I don't think it'll go to decision. I'm all over the shop for this one, boys. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll take a decision, but I don't think it's going to go to a decision. Got, no, I don't what want to think it's Snug Rose. But I'm not going to do a DL and pick Tyron, like a Tyron Woodley pick. So, right. okay, okay, I'm going to go Whaley Zhang by decision. Oh, <laughs> you really wanted to say DL, our champion, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Whaley, in my opinion, is just a better all-round fighter than Rose. She hits harder, she's more athletic and more explosive. A legit knockout artist, DL. Uh, Thug Rose might have a technical advantage in the boxing, but overall I think Whaley's got more tools in the arsenal to inflict damage on Rose than vice versa. So I'm picking, unlike Sugar Snag sitting on the fence, KO uh, TKO round three. Nice. Well, he, fucking, he hates Whaley Zhang as well. <laughs> no interest in this one. <laughs> Come to a topology to look at the smart. Yeah, he's got to get his pick right. <laughs> uh, I still have nightmares of that Joanna Whaley fight. I was thinking today if I replaced Joanna with another fighter that was in like the top five of the strawweights for the women. And then I kind of thought, God, they're all actually pretty full-on strikers and, you know, they probably all could take those punches. Mm. So if it's Joanna, if it's Rose, it probably doesn't really matter. I think they all could take that punishment. So that's a better reason than Snags. So I'm giving a decision <laughs> to Whaley. That's actually a thought-out response. Um, and the the stat man also was going uh, Whaley, round two KO. Yeah, that's what I'm going for. Round two, TKO, way away. I think Rose has always got a submission chance for some uh, exotic, opportunistic submission, but yep. I can't see it. TKO, way away. Oh, hold on. Benny Boy's uh, needing the link sent him. He's Is he gone? Yeah, his phone ran out of battery. Oh. <laughs> 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 oh, perfect. Well, we'll jump into the next fight then. And then we head to our main event, the welterweight title fight between Kimura Usman and Jorge Masvidal. Jorge Masvidal will join Alistair Overeem for the dubious honour of competing for a UFC title with the most professional losses on their record. Both Overeem and Masvidal would enter their total fights with 14 losses on their ledger. Oh, he's got a short and sweet tonight, is he? Catches me off guard. I'm going to go uh, Usman easily on, or not easily on this one. Should be a bang, bang fest, hopefully. But I'll go Usman round three, TKO. No, no snags on the fence this one, boys. <laughs> <laughs> Good job. Look, DL, the whole narrative surrounding this one is can Masvidal uh, fare better with a full training camp? Uh, I think the first fight provides us a good insight as to how these two styles match up. And in credit, Masvidal did a phenomenal job at stuffing those takedowns in the early rounds. But then as the stamina started to gas a little bit, we saw uh, Kamara Usman take over. Now, Masvidal striking far superior, I would say, to Kamara Usman, and he's got that raw explosive power. However, I still see this fight going the way of Kamara Usman. He's been super impressive in every fight. I've watched him, uh, but I will sit on the fence. Kamara Usman by decision in this one. Ben is back. Oi, ben, <laughs> ben, give us give us a tip for Whaley Zhang versus Rose Namanius. Fuck communism. Doug Rose and I'm on. It's perfect. Oh, that's the best. I love it. We just jumped into the main, so I'm actually going to take Usman by decision. I like I like how Statman broke that down. I think that has a lot of weight in that. And uh, Kamara Usman has been super impressive. The Nigerian boys are on an absolute run. 
Uh, now we have Francis Naganu as a champion. And I think Francis is going to corner uh, Kimura. So I think they they vice versa in the last one. So I think you'll see uh, big Francis Naganu in Kamara's corner. So I'm going to take Kamara Usman uh, by decision against Jorge. I think he'll make him uh, he'll make him earn it. He'll make him feel it. Ben, do you think having him in the corner is going to help him? <laughs> I a big thing about that. So I don't know if that was part of you. Uh, I, I, honestly, I think people feed off other people's energy. I think if you have the right people around you, it's always going to make you better. Thanks, Thanks. mate. I appreciate <laughs> the compliment. <laughs> going to say what happened to your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Gone the other way. Uh, That's how me and Cam do so well, you see. Uh, I, I think I think Usman might stop him this time. Usman, fourth or fifth round, TKO, just going to wear him down and get pulled off of him. The thing is, if Francis is in the corner, will anybody else fit in there? <laughs> He's a big boy. He's a big boy. He's a big boy. Ben, do you not think it matters who's in your corner sometimes? I don't think Francis and Garner's adding a lot to the corner. Yeah. Right. I think he's only just learned how to fight. Yeah. Like he looked incredible his last time out, but before that he just looked powerful. Really looks like he's learned how to fight now, which is terrifying. But I don't think he's going to add much to um, the corner. I think Trevor Whitman will do all right on his own. Yeah. But, but yeah, you, your corner definitely does matter. You know, maybe I was being a bit flippant. Um, wouldn't be the first time, would it, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> But no, it definitely does matter who, who's in your corner. But I don't know what Nganu brings. Yeah. I'll translate it for you. It really does matter who's in your corner. <laughs> ben thinks Francis Nganu is fucking close. <laughs> I hope I never meet him. Yeah, I was just about to say the same thing. I was going to say, Dio, maybe even if he doesn't say a single word, just walking out with Francis behind you makes you walk a little bit taller. Yeah, Look, yeah. if I walked out just by myself against Sugar Snags, I think I'd win a close fought decision. <laughs> Put Conor McGregor in the background are. and I think I'll take him done in one. So I think it does matter, Dio. I'd rip your little legs off, mate. <laughs> <laughs> no, let's start this again. We've got guests. <laughs> oh, sorry. We enjoy it. We, put, we can make the fight. <laughs> you guys want an exhibition? We fight. are open. <laughs> the run it back, boys. We'll do it on Trilla. Oh, God. We'll get right, to the next to, to do the concert. All right, boys, that rounds out our picks of UFC 261. We've got one final segment, and it's our runners back upon his club. Well, boys, again. Sugar Snags has let us down and we lost it in the first leg. Apologies. What have you got to say for yourself, mate? Nothing. <laughs> like my picks. I think that's three weeks in a row. Sorry, three boys. weeks in a row we've dropped the multi on the first leg. Uh, all Sugar Snags. So your eyes are bigger than your belly, mate, because uh, what did you take? You took a I double took try. Alex scorer. Johnson to score two tries and he scored one. So scored one. But it was, a, mate, it was a, honestly, it was a fair bet because they were playing the Broncos, yeah? Yeah, correct. So if, if anyone was going to get home for a couple, you think he would have. You yeah, would think that, deal, but would. <laughs> move on. Sugar Snags did raise two possible bets, and one would have got up, and yep. one didn't. Yeah. If that one had have got up, Spieth finished top three. Yep. Rob Whitaker got up. Yep. And I can't remember Statman, but I'm pretty sure he got yeah, up. He got so up. we're looking at about five hundred dollars. You cost us uh, Sugar Snags, but yeah. yeah. Anyway, good bet. Yeah. All right. Seven hundred and twenty-four dollars was that payout for ten bucks. That's uh. That's, that's right, boys. The book of Snags will make us more than that anyway. So that's fine, especially with the signed <laughs> Campanile copies. <laughs> Anyway, I will uh, kick us off. So this week, uh, my leg one is going to go back to my my love of the, the AFL. 
So Tigers. Oh, say golf. <laughs> no. I'm going to go back to the world of AFL. So I'm going to take my Tigers. They're playing uh, Anzac Day Eve against the Melbourne Demons, who are on fire. Uh, they are five and zip. Uh, so the Tigers are actually going in as favourites. So I don't like that. It's a dollar sixty. I'm going to take big win, little win for two dollars twenty-five. Stony is our ten dollar investor this week. He'll just pop it in. Spot on DL. So two twenty-five for the Tigers. Big win, little win. Yep. Lock it in. Look, I might venture all the way to the NFL draft deal, Ooh. if you don't mind. Yeah, no, I like Jesus that. Christ. NFL draft. And we're going to go all the way down to offen- first offensive linesman drafted. Now, this was paying $1.25 when I looked at it this afternoon. Mm-hmm. It's dropped to $1.17, but it's a sure thing. So unlike Sugar Snags just constantly costing the boys, I'm going to lock it in. Penne Sewell to be the first offensive lineman drafted in the yep. NFL draft. Yep, I like it. Sugar Snags. What do you got? Uh, boys, I'm going to go back to the world of NRL as I do my best work, okay? <laughs> and I'm going to take uh, the Rabbitohs big win, little win, plus 13 over the Titans. Yeah, that's a, that's a smart <laughs> bet. Though. Sorry, sorry, Cam, for the Gold Coast. And then we've got Punners Club for Statman has gone for Reyes's opponent in... <laughs> So I'm not trying to say that name. He's actually got the pronunciation in his text message. Uh, I'm not even going to attempt it. So it's $1.75. Eternal boys, you got Cam, Ben, you're going to chuck in a leg for us to lose on the multi after rabbits. Don't go 13 plus. Yeah, go um, Leeds United to beat Liverpool in the Premier League. Ooh. Oh, there you go. Stoney would love some of that. Bit of EPL. What's going on? In, what's going on with this? I saw a heap of news today. Oh, Instagram. they're going fucking bananas over there. Yeah, Super League. Yeah. Yeah. 20 teams, Super League. That's insane. With uh, Glasgow Rangers to beat St. Johnson in Thursday night at St. Johnson. Bit of Scottish flair. My boys. Sony's all over that. Six legs. Is big. <laughs> but, boys, bit of a stitch up. Oh, what's happened? Old Penne Sewell cannot be in a multi, so I'm going to oh, have to. No. <laughs> oh, there you go. Jesus. What <laughs> It was a sure bet. Anyway, we're up to 83.06. Yeah, I like it. Like um, do we want to just throw that on anyway, or do you want me to pick yeah. another leg deal? Nah, just throw it on. It's fine. Let's do it. Eighty, eighty-three dollars. Let's uh, throw that on right now. Eight hundred and thirty dollars deal. What would that do Could, for the run it back? Will be a bloody delicious night after May the seventh. I can tell you, <laughs> that's for sure. Snacks will be letting the dogs out of Melbourne. Skybox. <laughs> <laughs> We're popping bottles. Well, boys, that rounds out the podcast. We thank Cam and Ben for our special guests for jumping on the whole show. Boys, thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for having us. It's been great. I've enjoyed it. I enjoy listening to the show, so it's nice to be a part of it. Yeah, thanks, mate. Uh, That wraps up episode 47. If you like what we're doing, please like, share, comment, or subscribe to the podcast. If you'd like to support the podcast even further, you can jump on and grab one of our supporter tees at our online store. Dude, we forgot to give the biggest shout out ever. May 7th, biggest fights in Australia. Eternal MMA, biggest promotion here as well. Can I just say one thing before we end? Benny, go. Congratulations to Jack Becker for getting his his, uh, self back in the winning column after having been out of the game for a couple of years and a very good fight against a very good opponent in Aiden Aguilera. Well done, Jack. Good nice job. little shout out there as well. Um, May 7th, get the tickets. Boys, we'll see you there. Uh, we're super excited and uh, my name's Snacks, I guess. Thanks for listening to this fortnight. <laughs> and my name is not the Statman DL. I am Stony, And we'll run it back with you all on the next Run It Back podcast. Thanks, lads. Cheers, boys. Penne Sewell. Penne Sewell. What was the go with Penne Sewell? Absolutely got it. Uh, I'll put it in a multi. Oh, yeah, because it's single. Yeah, mate. You can do it.
Thanks, Ben. All right. Ciao, boys. See you, mate. Thursday, it'll come out, mate.